I would like to speak this morning on a strange topic. It's so wonderful to have a full house. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. The title of the message this morning, and I'll be brief, but uh, the title, there is a key that was found in the parking lot. If anybody lost their key, the usher back there has it after service. I want to speak to you about give, uh, the title is Give Me Your Weakness. Does anybody have a weakness? Give me your weakness. That's the Lord saying it to me. Give me your weakness. And last week we had Holy Communion in the house and we took a few moments to examine ourselves and meditate. And uh, in that quiet moment, the Lord tugged at my heart about this message of asking God to take our weakness. So it turned into this brief message today. Um, without spiritual insight, one might not understand that, but that's what God says to us. He says to us to give us our weaknesses, and in return, he will make us strong. And uh, so I see that I think I'm speaking to people who know the Lord and people who are interested in what God has to say. So I want to share that with you today. Let us be reminded that Christians, as Christians, we are called. Sometimes we think it's the preacher or the evangelist or the leader of the church, those kinds of things. But everyone that comes to Jesus and takes him into their heart and life, they're called. They're called to something to do for the kingdom of God. And so my text this morning is 1 Corinthians, and there's a Bible in the pew if you'd like to turn there. 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1, 24 and 25. It says, unto them that are called, that's us, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. It says that the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of man. And I thought on that for a long time. Whoever thought God had foolishness? He doesn't have foolishness. It's just saying that if he did have foolishness, it, his foolishness is even more wise than the, than the wisdom of the world. God's not foolish in any way. But if he, if he were, then the thing would be that it would, he would still be so much wiser than humanity because he is God and there's nothing higher than him. And so when we look at the scripture, it says, unto them which are called. And when you come to Christ and you give your heart to Christ, then you're a Christian and you're called. You're called to serve God. You're called to be available to the kingdom work. And it, everybody doesn't have to be the same. Some are preachers. We have people in our church that clean the church. That's a, that's a gift of God to keep the church clean, you know. And so there are all kinds of things that God calls us to do. It might be just to go to the care center and minister to the, to the people there. Or it might to just be uh, full of God so much that when you walk down the aisle in the market, people look at you and they think, what is, what are they so happy about? Because the glory of the Lord and the peace of God rests on you and they see it. So, uh, 
we're called to Christ, and when we come to him, we have the power of God in us. I think sometimes we don't realize how much power that we have of God. It's not a power to show that we're great. It's a power to make us be so available to God that he can use us. And God wants to use everyone from a child to a senior. He wants us, his word to be in us. And so we're called in Christ by the power of God's word. That is very powerful. There's nothing more powerful than the word of God. And if you're called to serve God and the power of God is in you, then you have a purpose to live and you have a purpose and a desire in your heart to do something for the kingdom of God. Now, the Bible says in Second Peter 1, 3, and 4, it says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. This is a most powerful scripture because it tells us that there's a divine power in us. Again, it doesn't make us greater than anybody. It, it makes us be a blessing to the Father God. That he sees his power working in us. So many times we come to Christ and then that's it. We just go to church and we just... You know, we just do the things that we're required to do, but we don't really understand the power of God that lives in us, that rests upon us. And I believe that when the church of Jesus Christ at large, every denomination who loves Jesus, I believe that when they come to that knowledge that there is a power of God that rests in us, we can make a difference in our world. And I know that most of I know everyone here notices that our world is corrupt and that it's it's not going the right way. And um, so we need to we need to get ready to be more valuable to the kingdom of God. Now, when it says that he's called us to glory and virtue, what does that mean? What does it mean that he's called us? He's called me, he's called you, to glory and virtue. Well, when you look at this up in the dictionary, you find out that virtue is behavior. And today we need to have Christian behavior. Some We call ourselves Christians, but we don't always act like a Christian. We don't always do the godly thing. We don't always portray the gifts that God has given us. We don't always have the fruit of the Spirit working in our lives. I don't know, maybe maybe you do, but I, once in a while I fail, more, more than once. But, you know, when we have a bad attitude, when we get upset, when we're distressed, or in this day and age in which we live, you know, there, it, it can be fearful to see the things that are coming down the tube. But don't fear, because the wisdom of God, the power of God is in you, and we have a destiny in God, and they're not going to keep us in this world forever, because one day we're going to be a receiver of eternal life. And so I want to say this to you today, that God says here that we have divine power that pertains to life and godliness. That means he's going to help us in our life, and that means he's going to require godliness of us. He's going to require a Christian behavior. If we say we're Christians, then we need to have the behavior that a Christian should have, and that means we follow Jesus. We're called to serve the Lord and receive spiritual growth, you know, a testimony of joy and faith and hope. Not one that you just look past your, 
problems and say you don't have them. Of course you have them. But the purpose of if, is of when you have a weakness, a fear, an anxiety, a stress, or maybe a lack of spirituality, or maybe you don't read your Bible very much. All these little things have a, a ca- occasion to diminish the power of God that lives in you. And church, we need to have the power of God in us, and we need to be an example of God, and we can do that by giving our weaknesses to God. Last Sunday, we stopped in Holy Communion to examine ourselves for a moment. You don't examine yourselves to not take Holy Communion. You examine yourself to be ready to take Holy Communion. And and at that time when God spoke to me, I thought I I I, I thought that will make a great sermon, and I didn't realize it, but God was speaking to me. And so I want to share it with you, that if we would just give our weaknesses to God, first of all, church, we have to recognize our weakness. We have to recognize we don't read the Bible enough. We have to recognize we don't always have a Christ-like attitude. When we recognize those things, then we can give those weaknesses to God. And he says, in our weaknesses, he will make us strong. And I love to have the strength of God. But you know what? I notice that you're not always feeling strong. But when an occasion comes that you need to be strong, if you go before God and you give him those weaknesses, then that occasion, he rises to the occasion. He doesn't always just walk in you in a powerful way because we don't always allow him to do that. But when we allow him to walk in us, when we allow him to live in us, when we allow ourselves to examine ourselves and say, Lord, help me in this area. This is not a very good area for me. And you help me. Then he'll begin to make you strong. And it says that the weaknesses cause perfection of strength in God. When we suffer and we're do you know that when you get well, you're so happy You know, you feel so good, you have surgery or something, and you have to be out for a few days, and then you start getting better, 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 and then you feel the power and the presence of the Lord because healing takes place. And God wants to bring that same kind of healing into our spirit so that we can be a stronger Christian, more powerful for God, and people will believe in the God that we serve because the God that we serve is holy and just and true. So we are well able to give our weaknesses to God. Uh, it's not a sermon that makes us run the aisles and get all excited. But when we stop to examine ourselves, and this morning I'm going to give us an opportunity at the close of the service. Brother's going to just play a hymn for us. And we're going to just take that moment to just, again, stand be- sit, sit before the Lord and ask him, what does he want to change in our life? We don't like that, do we? I don't like change. How many like change? Change makes me a little stressed. If anything makes me do bad things, it's when I get stressed. And we shouldn't be stressed because God is in us and he is our peace. He's the prince of peace. He's the counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. And we should never come to that place. And that's a weakness that we have in the flesh. Now, the fourth verse of Second Peter 1 says, Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. The word of God 
is the promises that he gives us that we can overcome, that we can be stronger, that when we feel that we are called, we can do things for the kingdom of God. So it's important, church. It says, thereby we are given exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption. So the question this morning is, how do we give our weaknesses to God? And when we give our weaknesses to God, then it says we can have the precious uh, strength of God. On the precious promises, exceeding precious promises, gives us a place of partakership with God and, and gives us a divine nature. You know, we're in the flesh, but the divine God lives in us. And he will guide us and he will lead us and he will correct us and, and, and he will use us for his glory. When we, I think one thing is that we never get quiet. You know, we're in a busy day. This is a busy day in which we live and we're, we're busy. We go from work to work to work and maybe there's a little pleasure in there, maybe not. But we're so uh, in such a busy situation in our world today that we hurry along getting things done that need to be done, and we don't take a quiet moment. In communion last week, we took a quiet moment. But, you know, you notice that when you take a quiet moment, you have to take a moment to get yourself under control because as soon as you start to meditate upon the Lord and think about his goodness, your mind goes off somewhere else and you have to, you know, rein it back in and say, no, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to think about these negative things. I'm going to think about the power and the glory of God and the revelation of who he is and he lives in me and I'm more powerful than the works of darkness. The enemy comes at us to tempt us and to bring uh, aggravation. And these are things that we need to turn over to the Lord and give to the God. So I want to say this morning that simple things, you know, we need to take a quiet moment just to sit before the Lord and be quiet, you know, and not talk, not tell him everything that we need. Just sit there and say, Lord, I'm here. Talk to me. He will speak to us. Well, are you going to hear an audible voice? I wish. Maybe some have, but you might not. But you will sense his power of his presence. And you can hear his voice because his voice is big and powerful. And his voice will speak to you. The power of his word will speak to you. And maybe some sermon that you heard six months ago, but something resonated in your heart because the, the word of God is a seed and it's planted and it grows. And so when you have a good sermon and something touches your heart, like in Holy Communion, God tells you, you know, get rid of your weaknesses. It can be sin, but not only sin. It can be these simple things that keep us. The Bible says that there are foxes that spoil the vine. The little foxes that spoil the vine. And that's what's happening in Christianity. We we don't want to go out and murder anybody. We love God with all of our heart. We go to church. We worship him. But somehow the enemy is always biting at us, always harassing us, always sending things to cause us to worry and to fret and to stew. But, you know, all we have to do, our flesh does that. Might as well accept it. But what we have to do, and it's easy to do, but it's hard to do. It's easy to get through to God, but it's hard to take that moment to have peace and quiet, to set before the Lord and depend upon him to speak to you and to guide you and to lead you. When he gives you a thought 
to do something, you just stand up and you just do it because you know that God is working in your life. And the devil is never going to tell you to do anything good. That's how you can test that. The devil's never going to say to do something bad, good, too good. So when when a good thought comes and God speaks to us in a quiet moment and, and encourage us to do something, he might ask you to do something you've never done before. And he might ask you to do something you don't want to do. But if you turn it over to God and you give it to God, and God will use it for his glory. Because this passage of scripture says we are partakers of his divine nature. We need to quit looking at ourselves as somebody that's poor and dejected because we're a Christian and understand that we are powerful. We are a part of the divine nature of God. And if you ask him, he'll help you. You know, if you desire him to help you, he'll help you. And the beginning of his help is not always precious. Sometimes it's difficult and sometimes it's hard when he speaks to us and tells us to do something that we're uncomfortable with. But that's the best thing to do when you're uncomfortable with something. You know you're pressing against the works of darkness and you know that God is well pleased with you and you have to press in and push in and do what it is that God wants to do in your life because the divine nature of God is in you. When we really get quiet before the Lord, and shut out everything and we have to we have to we have to fight to do that but when we do that god will speak to us and god wants to speak to us god wants to commune you know when i come home from work i want to tell everything that happened in the day i don't know about you but i want to talk about it and god wants us to talk to him he wants us to tell him about the trial and the tribulation he wants us to tell him what we feel uncomfortable with. He wants us to talk to him. And when we talk to him and sit quiet, we will hear him visit with us. I believe that with all of my heart. And this happens, you know, sometimes our our weaknesses is when we think about our government. It's easy to get angry at things that are happening in our government, at the laws that are coming down the tube that affect our children and all these things, and I can get real wound up real quick. But you know what? Our hope and our trust and our faith is in God. And we have to, you know, when when I when you start to feel that getting wound up and you're going to have a lot of things to say about it, then you just kind of calm down and say, God, I give that to you. I put that in your hands. You know, I preached a sermon a couple of weeks ago. Whose government is it? It's God's government. The Bible says the government is up on his shoulder. So he's in charge, and, and we just need to pray that God will keep faithful Christians, you know, in our government, and he'll keep us faithful in serving him and not get swept away with the wickedness that's going on in our world, especially when they're talking about our children and things like that, because children, you know, they're, they're the special eye of God. They, the, God loves the children, and he wants us to raise them to love him. So it's important today, church, that we have this time of quiet before God and listen for his voice after we get done talking, talking, talking. And maybe you're not a talker, but when I get done talking and I just don't have anything else to say, then it seems like God forces me to just sit quiet and to meditate and to think on what he wants in my life, what he wants for our country, you know, that God would be glorified in everything. 
Second Corinthians 13.5 says, examine yourselves. Notice what the word says. Examine yourselves whether you be in faith. When we start to, when we start to go amok, you know, we start to go, uh, fussing and crying and being stressed, then we need to examine ourselves and say, is that faith? Is that trust in God? Because it's so easy to worry. It's so easy to doubt. It's so easy to complain. So examine ourselves whether we be in faith. The next time when you start to fear or you start to have anxiety, then say to yourself, have I got faith? Do we have faith to believe? We do, don't we? We are a partaker of the divine nature, so we got to keep telling ourselves that, that we're not a part of this world. We're not a part so that the enemy can erupt all the time. So he says, examine yourselves whether you be in faith. Prove your own self. Prove yourself that you have faith, that you believe, that you trust God. It says, know you not your own self, how that Jesus Christ is in you. If you are a born-again believer today, he is in you, and he will help you in the times of trial. Second Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. Here's how you surrender your weaknesses to him. It says, gladly. <laughs> when I read that, I said, I don't do that too gladly sometimes. But here's how you surrender this to him. Gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So when you get the opportunity, the devil comes at you and gives you this opportunity. He thinks he's putting you down, but he's only giving you an opportunity to empower your trust in your divine nature that is in you. He's only, he's, he's defeated. He is defeated. And he's only defeating himself more because if we believe and trust and if we examine our faith and say, wait a minute, I have faith to believe that this is not true. I'm not going to receive this. It says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecution, distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. The scripture is telling us that we do have infirmities. We do have a persecution. We do have stresses. We do have reproaches. And we do have necessities. And in other nations, they have wars and rumors of wars. We have it here too. But sometimes in the nations of the world, it's harder for them because of the situation and the crisis. But even in that, God is faithful. We are a partaker of his divine nature. 1 Corinthians 2, 3, and 5 says, I was with you. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul. How many know that he is about the strongest apostle that we had? This strong man of God said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. This is Paul. Trembling, fear, weakness. And my speech was preaching with words of God's wisdom. And in the demonstration of the spirit and power. And he says, your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And here's an apostle, a man that served God almost all of his life in prison, writing the the scriptures and obeying God. And I'm sure somewhere in his mind, he thought, I'm serving you, Lord. I'm, I'm doing everything I know to do. And here I am in the dungeon. 
But you know what? In all of that, he said, I had fear, I had weakness, I had trembling, but I still preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. So church, we're going to see things in our society as our world becomes as corrupted, more corrupted, and it will become more corrupted. They already have plans for more corruption. We have to be stronger. We have to remember that we have a divine nature and that we are stronger than the works of darkness. And so I'm hoping to inspire you to these quiet moments where God can deal with your distresses and deal with your fears and that God can strengthen you and make you more powerful in these things that are coming against you so that we can stand out from the world as people of faith and power. And sometimes we're going to have to say to ourselves, wait a minute, I have faith. I can't do this. I have faith. I'm a partaker of God, the nature of of God. So <clears throat> I'm coming in close this morning. It says, First Chronicles 16, 27, it says, Glory and honor are in my presence, the Lord's presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. In a day when there's so much trial and so much concern and worry, we don't worry because Christians aren't supposed to worry, but we we doubt, you know, and the devil comes at us on occasion to harass us, and that's when we have to be strong against the works of darkness. But glory and honor is in his presence. No matter what they do to us, no matter what happens, there's glory and honor in his presence, and he will strengthen us with gladness. You know, we need to be glad no matter you look at the the world and the things that are coming and groceries are not on the shelf and there's all kinds of things and gases, you know, high, sky high. Those are just minor things to God because we have a partake, part, part of divine nature that gives us strength and power over that. So the Bible says, and, and Paul said, when I was weak, you know, when I trembled and when I feared, I still was strong in God. So glory and honor is in his presence. So if you sit in his presence, there's glory and there's honor and there's strength and there's gladness. It's in, <coughs> excuse me. In Hebrews, my final scripture for today, Hebrews 11:33 and 34. Look at these people, the Old Testament saints. <coughs> it says who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness was made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Old Testament. Daniel in the lion's den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. All these things they went through. And guess what, church? They never saw the promise. The promise is Jesus. And God said he's sending the promise. They didn't see the promise. We see the promise. God has shown us the promise. And now if they can go through, if they can build kingdoms, if they can go through fire, if they can go through the lion's den, out of their weaknesses they are made strong, how much more powerful can we be? Because we have Christ, the Son of the living God, and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So I want to say to the church today, get ready.
Get ready. God needs you. God needs you to rise up and partake of his divine nature and get in work for the kingdom. Labor somewhere. Do something for God and and ex- expand your faith because we need our faith. You know, whether we have the money for that gas or not, if we have faith, God will meet our need. And I have seen that happen in my life over these 80 years. I have seen God do that miracle upon miracles. You know, even when you go to the doctor and you have surgery and you heal, you heal because God lets you heal. You heal because God touches your body and lets it heal. God gives those doctors the knowledge. God is also the great physician and he can touch you without going to. So get ready because you're going to need the power of God in your life because there is even more things that the enemy has to tempt us and to harass us with. But God is a faithful God and he is going to see you through. He is going to prevail over the works of darkness.